1420 WBSM presents Ray Lance of the USA Wealth Group. It's time to get your finances in order. MoneyWise starts now. And good Sunday morning, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to MoneyWise. MoneyWise is brought to you every Sunday morning by USA Wealth Group. We like to talk about things that would be useful and helpful in your life and things that you might want to know about particularly as it relates to retirement or financial services and financial planning, protecting your assets, things of that nature, we invite you to give us a call anytime at USA Wealth Group, 508-998-8858. And we'll be happy to talk to you and meet with you and answer your questions. I wonder how many people listening today are aware of the fact that about six months ago, the city of New Bedford was hit by a cyber attack, but it was worse than a cyber attack. It was a ransomware attack. What happened is that an outside force, I don't want to say company, usually it's individuals, actually put a bug onto the city's computer and attacked the city's computers. Fortunately, it happened over 4th of July weekend, so a lot of the computers were shut down. But essentially, this individual through email demanded a $5.3 million ransom against the city of New Bedford, which is incredible. Now, we have a good thing in our city. First of all, Mayor Mitchell, I think, does an outstanding job, uh, backed up by the city council. But the mayor and his computer team had the foresight to make sure that the city of New Bedford had cyber insurance to cover this kind of an issue. So there were attempts to make this settled, if it was possible to settle it at first, and then the city's insurance company got involved, but ultimately the city was able to fix its own problems and not have to pay out the ransomware. But for several weeks there were issues with some of the city's computers, you couldn't get certain information and so forth. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the age that we live in right now. We live in an age where Cybersecurity is something that's very critically important to everybody. And today we're going to talk about cyber attacks and cyber security and what could happen to you and how to protect yourself. So I'd like to introduce two people this morning. And uh, first I'd like to introduce attorney Mike Coleman. Good morning, Mike. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Mike, thank you for being here. I know you're an expert in cybersecurity. I'm not, but no. <laughs> it's good to be here anyway. We like to say that we are... We are advisors and guides to cybersecurity. Okay. But also with us this morning is Brody Houtman. Good morning, Brody. Good morning. Thanks for having me. And Brody is far more of an expert in areas dealing with computers than I could ever want to be or hope to be or care to be, for that matter, I guess. So, Brody, welcome and good morning. And uh, Brody, by the way, is a student at UMass Dartmouth, and he's majoring in What aspect of computers? Uh, Majoring in computer science, which is basically an umbrella of all computer entities. Okay, but you're pretty smart when it comes to computers, Brody. I know you don't want to say that about yourself, but I'll say it about you. Well, thank you. And uh, he has, Brody has helped us to install uh, various antivirus software on the computers in our office. Uh, He's helped us with what's called cloud backup. So we have two different methods for backing up our computers in the office and saving our data. And let me just turn off my cell phone so it won't ring in the middle of this broadcast. What is cloud backup? So cloud backup is an external 
out of out of office, out of business storage unit. Um, imagine that it's basically a cloud, yeah, and that it can hold all of your information just like any other backup can, but it's not susceptible to uh, any hard damage, any physical damage no, that you might come into contact with. Okay. So when I thought of the cloud, I always thought of something that's up in the sky and up yeah. in the air, and this is where the data is stored on a satellite or something. That makes sense. But it's not, is it, Brody? No, it isn't. Somewhere deep in the heart of Texas or the Midwest is big banks of computers that store all this material as a backup. It might, might even be somewhere out of the country. They have giant uh, storage facilities with nothing but uh, space to mm-hmm. store your in, your information and um, yeah isn't uh, Germany the country of Germany a place where they have massive storage absolutely yeah that's what I thought I remembered reading well it's ironic how far the the world has gone in terms of backup but the idea is basically that um, you don't want to have just one single source of backup like you might have a backup drive in your office right. and think right. that you're protected but I guess you're not necessarily protected if you have an attack on your computer, are you? No, you aren't. So it's it's a wise idea to have two different sources for backing up computers. But we're going to talk about a lot of things today. And I want to mention right off the bat that there's an organization that we do a lot of work with called um, Horses Mouth. They do a lot of interesting materials that we buy and read. And one of their publications is called Hack-proof your life now, the new cybersecurity rules, how to protect your email, your computers, your bank accounts from hacks and identity theft. You know, uh, gentlemen, we've seen so many stories over the last few years about various companies, uh, credit reporting bureaus and so forth being hacked and uh, Target and a lot of department stores have been attacked and you don't know whether your data is safe anymore. And Frankly, it's just not, is it? It isn't, no. So let's talk about how. what are some of the things that we can do uh, right off the bat to think about uh, protecting ourselves. And if you think it doesn't impact you, um, it does. And there's all kinds of material written recently about uh, cybersecurity. Um, let's, let's pick one that's kind of fun to begin with. What do you think about self-driving cars, Brody? Um, self-driving cars are, I think they're overall an improvement to mankind as we are terrible drivers. <laughs> and uh, I think that the cars themselves, the software, there will be some unfortunate casualties in the beginning, but uh, it'll only get better. And yes, they're very susceptible to hacking, but not the type of hacking you think of. I don't expect any uh, terrorist-like driven um you know, hack hacks. So mm-hmm. um, I think it's more of another angle for them to acquire your personal information. Hmm. Okay, Mike, have you, have you seen some of the stories on the news recently where there's a self-driving car um, and somebody's sound asleep behind the wheel? I have. Yeah, I just saw one the other day. That's scary. It is scary. I don't, I don't like the self-driving car thing, to be honest with you. Well, so Mike, you're getting a little bit more old-fashioned like me. Yeah. With the generation in between us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Their cars now, I think the Teslas can, you press a button and they unpark themselves yep. and they start themselves and come to you wherever you are. Yeah. That's pretty amazing. But. So I just had a little incident walking into the studio this morning uh, to do this show. 
and I suddenly realized, where are my keys? I get out of the car and I couldn't find the keys and I figured, how do I lock my car? So I figured, well, I'll lock it anyway and if I don't have the keys, I'll have somebody bring them from the office. And yeah, I that saw was you gonna... walking back to the car. I was wondering what was going on. <laughs> well, I did this two days in a row. <laughs> yeah. Because now we have vehicles that you can just get in as long as the key is in your pocket. Mm-hmm. You press a button and your car starts. That's right. And so you don't always know. Um, and the cars are so quiet, sometimes you can walk away from your car and leave your car running. Yeah. Yep. So this is the age that we live in. Right. But frankly, I would not ever feel really comfortable and safe in a self-driving car unless I was wide awake with my hands very close to the wheel watching exactly what was going on. Yeah, and I wouldn't, I don't feel safe with self-driving cars everywhere around me. I, I know people aren't great drivers, but at the same time, I want someone in control. That's, so here's what I'd like to see for the next improvement in cars, because I experience it every single day, and probably everybody else listening does. I wish people would get off my butt when I'm driving. <laughs> People seem to think that it's okay to drive less than a car length behind you when you're mm-hmm. doing 70 miles an hour down the highway because, right. hey, th- they deserve to have the road and they want you to get over. Right. And well, you're supposed to be in the path, in the travel lane if that happens. You move over and let them pass. But sometimes you can't. Well, I mean, I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody in front of me yeah. and I couldn't pull over. Yeah. And yet the person behind me is so impatient they're right in my tail. So I'd like to see something that would provide that the car could not get within so many car lengths based upon what your speed is. Mm-hmm. This is why I advocate for self-driving cars because they know not to get too close or, you know, too fast. So it's always better for a computer to handle these things than, say, a tired uh, person. Yeah. Well, what happens if when one of these self-driving cars hits a pedestrian or... You know, get causes an accident. I was just Ooh, talking to Brody trouble. about that. Yeah, actually, yeah, so tell me about that story, Mike, Brody. So the new Mercedes that are, I don't think it's out yet, but they're totally self-driving, mm-hmm. and um, they are programmed to sacrifice pedestrians to save the driver. So wow. for all you pedestrians out there, steer clear of the new Mercedes. <laughs> <laughs> so whose fault is that, though? I mean, well, know? then the car company gets sued, I guess. Yeah, yeah that's right. And they carry lots of insurance, like the airlines do. Right. right. Well, um, we've heard about breaches in the past by uh, Capital One. We've heard of um, credit reporting bureaus, Experian got Equifax. hacked. Equifax. Equifax. Yeah, that's a big one. Yeah. Um, and so have a lot of the department stores. Mm-hmm. And so just think about the fact of what information is out there. What if your hospital gets attacked? Yeah. What if a local hospital gets attacked? They not only have your social security number, but they have every bit of medical history about you. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that we think is an area that ought to be always protected in private is your medical history. Right. You know, people have medical issues and they don't want the world to know about it. Mm -hmm. So um, hacking into computers is is a really important uh, issue and problem for us. I think one of the easiest ways that gets done is when they send emails with links that people click on. Absolutely. Not knowing, you know, this is a hacker or whatever um it could look like someone that you know maybe it is someone that you know that got hacked themselves absolutely uh that's called phishing Phishing. and what they do is they send emails that um they portray maybe your bank account and they ask you for your information and say hey come log into our account you click on the link and there's a website that looks just like your your uh, bank 
and now they have all of your personal oh, God, information. That's scary. I know. So you just have to make sure you pay attention to those links and where you're getting emails from. Okay, so should you have more than one email address, possibly? Um, definitely. I'd say um, two. You should have at least two. Okay. One for financial activity online, online shopping, and one for personal um, anything, really. So yes. That was really a surprising piece of information that I just picked up as we were doing some research for the show. Mm-hmm. So you have your regular email address, and then you've got passwords for that. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you store? How do you remember all your passwords? First of all, I have them written down somewhere. Okay. Of course, if I lost somewhere, <laughs> well, I know exactly where it is. But if I lost, where that, is it, Mike? <laughs> it's in a journal that I have on me at most times. But if someone okay. took that journal, all right, that would be a problem. <laughs> or if you kept it in your wallet, for example, yeah, yeah that would be a little too. more dangerous. Or on your phone, maybe. Now, on my phone, um, I keep most of my passwords on my cell phone. Yeah. And my cell phone is set up for facial recognition to unlock it. Okay. So unless you know a six-digit code to unlock my phone, or unless your face looks as bad as my <laughs> face does, you're not going to be able to unlock my phone. Yeah, I have a fingerprint scanner on mine. Yeah, I as use. do I. Yeah. Okay. Yep, I had that before, too. Yeah. Then I got this new phone that I'm still trying to learn. Oh, okay. But uh, So I, I want to mention a few things as we go along this morning that don't necessarily have anything to do with what we're talking about today, which is cybersecurity. But I've always liked George Carlin. And George Carlin once said, don't sweat the petty things and don't pet the sweaty things. (laughs) I like that one. That's good advice. Yeah. Um, But um, we'll uh, toss a few of those out as we go along. So, Brody, your advice then is you should definitely have more than one email address. Use one strictly for financial things? Yeah, um, and that would be called a secret email address. Okay. A secret yeah, so we don't want – so your normal email address is connected to all areas of vulnerability, and um, a secret email address will limit a hacker's chances of acquiring your personal information. Huh. That's interesting because I use one email address for everything. So Yeah. Well, I have two, and I used to have an AOL account, and yeah. I've never figured how to close it out satisfactorily, yeah. so I still get a lot of old mail, junk mail, and the old email address. Right. The AOL address. Yep. And um, last time I looked, it was like seven or 8,000 emails on that. So the problem is you can't just go back. I mean, how do you go back and look at that many emails and decide if you missed something? Plus, a lot of times your online accounts have your email address as your uh, login information. That's right. True. So if you disable one of those accounts and all of a sudden you need to get into an online account, you're stuck. Yep. Could be. Yeah. Well, we've got a lot of good reference guides on cybersecurity, and one of them very specifically says to, number one, figure out how to protect your passwords and, and to your various accounts. Mm-hmm. Everything today, I don't care if it's buying cosmetics or whatever it is, if you want to sign up for something online, you have to create a password for yeah. it. Yeah. Um, this is an interesting savvy cybersecurity quick yes. reference guide. I went through this, and... I don't know if I'm just really bad, but I answered no to all these questions. Uh, <laughs> you're in trouble. I know, I am. But I think they sort of design it for you to answer no um, so that then you pay more attention. They to do. Uh, one sure. of those asks about children, and if yeah. you have no kids, My it's obviously kids, a no. Right. Yeah. Well, here's one, for example. I run an updated antivirus software program on my computers and devices. Uh, most people simply don't. Right. And... Um, 
I have one email address that I use exclusively for my online financial accounts. So that's a really important tip for today, isn't it? Brian? It is, yeah. And um, let's talk about what does two-step verification mean? So two-step verification is, say you need to log into uh, one of your email accounts from a different computer. Okay, let's say it's a bank. A bank, okay. And when you go into that bank account, um, they ask you for your normal password, so that's one step. The second step now is it's connected to your cell phone, which is usually on your person. Mm-hmm. And that um, makes it so it sends you a text message asking if that is actually you. So okay. there's two layers of security there. And it gives you a code sometimes? Yep. To enter. Yeah. 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 And sometimes in the past when that's happened, I've been a little irritated and annoyed thinking, why can't I get into my account? But it really is done for your own protection, isn't it? Oh, absolutely. And I had that happen where I got a new phone and yep. it sent something to my old phone. Oh. <laughs> I couldn't get into the old phone. It was broken. That's so one that was, of the flaws yeah, is that, that when you issue. change phones or whatever your second step of security is, if you don't have access to that, yeah. you know, you're you're kind of screwed. Right. So. so it is important to use two-step verification. And would you recommend it? For primarily financial accounts like bank accounts or credit cards, for example? Absolutely, 100%. Yeah. Um, Mike, have you ever received um, a text message or an email from a credit card company saying, we just want to verify that you just made this purchase yourself yeah. on your card? Yeah, I have one credit card where every time I use it, I get a, a message mm-hmm. telling me that. Um, that's a good thing. I think it's a great thing. Yeah, it is a good thing so that you know exactly what's going on. I've also had a situation where I tried to use a debit card to pay for something that was, you know, over a certain amount of money, right. and it wouldn't let me do it because mm-hmm. it thought it was someone else trying to use the card. So that was annoying, but it is good to know what's going on. Yes. So, Mike and Brody, have either of you ever been hacked? Have you ever had somebody use a credit card improperly? I have not. I haven't, uh, but my grandmother recently has. Mm-hmm. Uh, she went to a Dunkin'. No, she didn't go to a Dunkin' Donuts. She went somewhere entered her card number, and then she checked her account, and it said that she had went to Dunkin' Donuts, and she mm-hmm. never goes there. So mm-hmm. she, she got hacked. Well, it happened, uh, it happened to me. I've had it happen a couple of times, and um, I went to a well-known name brand hotel um, out of the country to stay on mm-hmm. a trip that I was going on, and I stay at this kind of a hotel almost all the time, use my credit card to check in at the front desk because you have to do that. And when I got home, somebody had made a $1,500 charge on my credit card. Oh, boy. And I was able to dispute it and deny it, so I didn't get stuck for the money. Mm -hmm. But nevertheless, it happened. So I immediately canceled the credit card, and they issued a new card. Mm -hmm. But it can happen anywhere. It can happen very quickly, and you don't even realize it. Yep. So two-step authentication is uh, really important. Um, So we're talking with uh, Brody Houtman, who is a... um, I like to call him a computer expert, and very shortly he'll have a degree to back that up as well, Brody, right? Yep, I'll have two. You'll have two degrees? Yep. Oh, and what? Uh, business, computer science and business. Computer science and business. That's wonderful. Well, that's great. And that's why I'm going to have to hire people like you. <laughs> <laughs> and, this is uh, an interesting one here. I, can, I understand how to tell if my home Wi-Fi network is vulnerable. I think everyone has Wi-Fi these days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do you tell if it's vulnerable? I wonder. I think uh, mainly if you if you have a password. Okay. Um, if you have a password, 
and um, you have possibly a virtual a VPN. Okay. So it protects your accounts and what's, your internet. What's a VPN? A VPN is a virtual protected network. It acts as a tunnel, so it goes around your internet. Imagine your internet goes through the tunnel. No one can look into your tunnel. No one can look or tamper with anything you do over the internet. Mm-hmm. So it's a, a major layer of security. But the limiting factor is that it does slow your internet down. Okay. So I'll tell you a funny story, and maybe this is sort of like hacking. Um, a number of years ago when my son Peter was younger, he was in, in his early teens, um, he discovered that we were at a timeshare uh, place, and he discovered he could take the remote control and stand outside somebody else's unit and change the TV channel on them. <laughs> I could see him doing that. Yeah, I could see him doing that. Well, he did it. And um, at that point, this, this place had the option to go into um, adult channels, shall we say, oh as well. Jeez. So he would go by the lower level of somebody watching television and change it over to an adult channel. They probably got an extra charge for that at the hotel, I would think. That's a possibility, too. <laughs> Peter certainly got a charge out of it. <laughs> but I think that's more difficult today, isn't it? Yeah, so absolutely. Security is something that we live in. Um, that kind of reminds me of something I've seen recently where people's like ring cameras you know the cameras on doorbells oh yes you can set up in your homes yep Mm -hmm. they've been hacked and you can hear people talking to you through the camera huh um so in other words someone would be standing in their house and all of a sudden their thing would start talking to them it would be some someone that's strange knows where (laughs) Yeah. yeah well i have two levels of security at my house i have a camera system inside and outside and i have an alarm system as well yeah which links into the police department and everything else. Right. So don't go near my house, ladies <laughs> and gentlemen. But imagine someone hacks into a camera in your home and they can watch watch you and see what uh, you're doing. Yeah, that's uh, that's an awful thought. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I've seen that as well. So you need to know who you're working with, what company you're working with, and you right. need to check it out. Yeah. Um, the fact is we don't have any privacy anymore in this country anyway. We haven't for a long time. So, gentlemen, are you ready for another quote from George Carlin? Always. Absolutely. George Carlin said, I was thinking about how people seem to read the Bible a whole lot more as they get older. Then it dawned on me. They're cramming for their final exam. (laughs) I can relate to that one. (laughs) I can relate to that one, too. It's kind of funny. (laughs) Well, let's talk about um, public Wi-Fi. Brody. Brody Hauptman. Should we be using public Wi-Fi? You go to an airport, you sit down, you're bored, you're waiting for a plane or whatever, there's public Wi-Fi available, should you use it? I'd say as little as possible, unless you have a VPN. If you have a VPN, go go wild. A VPN. Yeah, virtual private network. You can put it on your phone, and once it's on your phone, nobody can see your internet, and nobody can tamper with you, so. Interesting, okay, so now I've learned a little bit more about what a VPN is. Does it cost money to have a VPN? Um, The good ones do. Okay. Um, So they're usually not too expensive. Uh, but there are plenty of services out there to meet your needs. Is that like an app that you download on the Yes. Phone? So what I use is uh, NordVPN. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of the more pricey ones, but they are they allow you to have faster speeds. Okay. So hmm. there's a trade-off. So you are using one then? Yes. And that's N-O-R-D? Yep. All right. Well, that's a good tip. And by the way, if anybody's interested in this book, Hack Proof Your Life Now, 
get in touch with me at uh, 508-998-8858. We'll tell you how to get one of these books. Excellent book. Or if you come into the office and become a client, uh, we've got a number of things like Savvy Cybersecurity Quick Reference Guide, including checklists of how to protect yourself. And it really doesn't matter whether you're an individual or a business. Cyber attacks are here, and they're not going away. Mm -hmm. And it's serious, and it can cost lots and lots of money and lots and lots of aggravation. So we're going to come back in a couple of minutes, um, Mike and Brody and ladies and gentlemen. We're going to be talking about other very specific things you can do to protect your phone, uh, how to stop identity theft, how to freeze your credit, uh, things that you can do to make sure that as much as possible that you're going to be protected in the age of cyber attacks and ransomware and mm -hmm. so forth. So stay tuned and we will be right back. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to MoneyWise. This is the show where we try to show you things that will help protect your family and protect your money. And today, in this day and age, probably nothing is as important as uh, looking at your devices, your computers, your home security system. You know, uh, and we're here with uh, attorney Mike Coleman and with Brody Houtman this morning. Hello. Hey. And uh, they'll be happy to help you as well. But you know what I've had happen in the office uh, over the last couple of months, and it's not just since I've had this new phone. I'll be sitting there, and I'll usually bring my cell phone in when I'm meeting with clients. I'll have it either in my pocket or I'll usually typically lay it on the desk. I'll have it on silent so it's not ringing. And I'll be having a conversation with my client, and all of a sudden the phone says, I'm sorry, I didn't quite hear that. And I think, holy cow, the computer is listening, my cell phone is listening to yeah. everything I'm yeah. saying. Mm -hmm. um, or... We have one of these uh, Siri devices at home. What are they called? The tall cylindrical Alexa. Thing? Alexa. Yeah, we have an Alexa machine at home. Yeah. And it sits right below a television that's mounted on the wall. And I actually unplugged it this past week because I could see the lights going round and round and round, and I wasn't talking to it. Yeah. And I was getting annoyed. But again, at home, I've had the TV on a couple of times, and it'll say some word that triggers, and all of a sudden, Alexa will say, you know, can you repeat that? Or I didn't quite hear that. Wow. So Alexa is listening to the television. Yeah. So I wonder how secure we are in our own homes, uh, Brody, about who's out there listening to what we're saying or watching us on a camera if you have a home camera. Yeah, I think that um, even if you have just the cell phone, you are susceptible to being listened to. And I mean, the cell phone has a microphone. It listens to everything that's going on now. That's a fact. Um, so if you have Alexa, that's just another uh, microphone angle. So, okay. you know, just better feedback for them. So you really have to be careful what you say sometimes too, mm -hmm. don't you? Absolutely. Right. So I have conversations two or three times a week with various people who say, I will talk to you in person, but I'm not going to talk to you on the phone. Mm -hmm. Because it's not just your phone yeah. that's listening. It's also the government's that's listening. Oh, 100% NSA. NSA, National Security Agency. Yep. Uh, monitors every single cell phone call in the country. Mm -hmm. And um, you have a, a smart watch. Yeah, I have a smart watch <laughs> on, on the wrist of a stupid person. Yeah. <laughs> Do you so like I it? did. I, I've, I've had a cell phone before, yeah. and it's, it's an Apple cell phone. Mm -hmm. It's in my pocket. Yeah. 
And it also links into my iPad because I use that sometimes at home at night. Mm-hmm. Instead of going to the computer, I'll, I'll do stuff on my iPad. Yeah. And now I have an iWatch. <laughs> so if I'm in the office and I'm in the room that has the iPad and a call comes in, my iPad is ringing, my cell phone is ringing, and my watch is vibrating. <laughs> How do you know which one to answer? <laughs> well, I don't. But at least I don't know, it has some usefulness, but it's also irritating sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have the opposite problem with my phone. I try and do voice commands, and it won't listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's sort of like a marriage situation, which means it's time for another George Car- Carlin story. He said... <laughs> I am is reportedly the shortest sentence in the English language. Could it be that I do is the longest sentence? <laughs> uh, I don't get that. You don't get that I one. do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so when I you're standing see. at the oh, marriage altar. Marriage, okay. <laughs> all right. That's all right. I guess it's not really clear when you have to explain what the joke is. <laughs> Context. Um, well, let's come back to some substantive stuff here. So... What can we do to protect our phone? What can we do to protect our tablet from being hacked? Um, antivirus software? Uh, absolutely. Antivirus software, um, VPNs, like we discussed earlier. Um, basically, any kind of antivirus software or protection software. But to keep your phone from listening to you, uh, there's not much you can do about that. Okay. Can you turn that off? that function off I wonder on the phone uh no you can turn the phone off but right. you can't turn <laughs> that function off they well, won't it's by design hmm. well what I did just this past week when I realized that uh Alexa was getting agitated um I just unplugged it from the wall yeah I said I'm just not going to do this when I want to listen to Alexa I'll plug it back in again right right <laughs> <laughs> maybe that's the ultimate solution and by the way uh, the government truly does listen to all cell phone calls. Yeah. There's computers that monitor it. Mm-hmm. And what they do is they pick up on certain key words. So you would never say kill and that kind of a thing. Uh, so really be very careful about what you say on the yeah. cell phone. You could have somebody knocking on your door. I read a good book about that called Digital Fortress by Dan Brown. Okay. It's all about how they track someone down using keywords mm-hmm. wow. um, on the Internet or on a cell phone. Yeah. So. So I think today we live in an age when you really need to be very cautious about the things that you do say in the cell phone. And if you want it to be private, then do it face-to-face. Yeah. And ideally don't even have your phones on. Yeah. How about tracking? Do you know your cell phones now have full tracking? So yeah. if you're driving and you think you're going to drive someplace when nobody's going to know where you are, um, the cell phone knows exactly where you are. Yeah. Cell phone has location accuracy up to uh, a couple of feet. So from satellites, mm-hmm. so they can they know where you are at all times as long as your cell phone's on you. Yeah, yeah it's kind of scary when you go somewhere and all of a sudden something pops up on your phone saying, "Do you want to rate your experience?" Yeah, at, you know, yeah. wherever it might be, Barnes and Noble or someone. They know that you've been there. Yeah, and they're asking you how how was it? <laughs> oh sure. No, I buy things at BJ's and typically they're office supplies like paper towels and cleaning supplies and so forth. Mm-hmm. And a week later, I'll get a little catalog book in the mail with exactly those things in it yeah, for discounts yeah, yep. to go buy again. So they, the stores track exactly what you buy. Or when you Google something, yep. Yep. And then you'll, you'll start getting stuff. ads about yeah, it. Yep. Yeah, exactly. A lot of stores now have facial recognition. So when you walk in the store, mm-hmm. I don't think there are local stores right now that are doing that, but certainly there are stores in New York and other places. You walk into a department store, 
facial recognition can ID you, link it into your account, and figure out what you bought the last time you were there, and then suddenly you'll get on your cell phone some discount offers to go buy it again. That's scary stuff, in my opinion. Um, So how about, is it important to protect yourself to set up an instant text or email notice on your cell phone? Uh, I heard that recently on a horse's mouth cybersecurity uh, webinar that I attended. Mm -hmm. And basically it said, you want to be notified if there's a charge in your account. Mm -hmm. I just got an email from my bank, which is uh, Bay Coast recently, and said, you know, you may want to activate this. First of all, I had a large deposit or low balance alert they can set up on my checking account. Mm -hmm. But I, I also signed up for the text notification so that if there's a charge made on my debit card or something like that, it tells me instantly on my phone. Right, right. On the one hand, it's a bit of an annoyance, but on the other hand, it's a protection for you. Yeah. Uh, The two-step verification we've talked about briefly as being a very important thing. And then the third thing that one can do to protect yourself is if you're not using your credit cards uh, often, um, you can freeze your credit cards. Mm -hmm. And do you know how to freeze your credit cards, Brody? yeah, as far as I know, you contact your bank and you ask them to freeze your account. Yeah, You can do that online also. You can put you can. a freeze on, and you can also freeze your credit report if you want to. Mm-hmm. So what's the benefit of freezing your credit card? Uh, well, it means that nobody can go out if they have your number and make an illegal or an improper charge in your account. Right. So what do you do if you want to use it yourself? Unfreeze it. You unfreeze it. Yeah. So there's a better way to freeze your credit card. Do you know how to do that, Brody? I don't. You get a little plastic Tupperware container, you fill it with water, you put your credit card in it, you put it in the freezer. And now you can't use your credit card. (laughs) Nobody can. Nobody can. (laughs) Well, that's a joke, but uh, seriously, um, let's let's talk about some of the other specific things that we could do. You know what, I want to mention one other thing. there's a, a new tax bill that's expected to take place soon. Probably by the time uh, you hear this show, it will have passed. It's called the Secure Act, and the government has wonderful names for tax bills. <laughs> um, this one is called Secure Act. It's setting every community up for retirement enhancement. Hmm. Um, I don't know what that means, but. Well, it's, it's going to make changes to your IRAs, for example. So here's a little tax tip for the day. Uh, what it will mean if this passes and it is expected to pass is that you don't have to take minimum distributions until age 72. Right now you have to take minimum distributions when you're 70 and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, it also, unfortunately, is going to mean that if you have people who inherit your IRA, uh, let's say it's a child who's a beneficiary, a younger beneficiary, uh, they can now take the money out over their life expectancy. They don't have to take it as one lump sum and pay a lot of money in tax. Mm-hmm. Um, so under current law, they could take it out over their life expectancy. Under this new SECURE Act, they have to take all the money out within a 10-year period. Mm-hmm. And that benefits the government because they get to tax